Welcome back to the uh, Bonus Features podcast, our first one in a while. We were just talking about the family meeting, Matt and I. We were talking about how differently the beginning of the family meeting went than we planned for it to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you should walk people through that a little bit, just to give a little bit of the backstory. So we were talking, me and Matt and Dave and everybody, about the family meeting. And we said, you know, um, there's still, even though we've been doing all this online stuff for so long, there's still just so much confusion about it because everything is like, uh, I mean, some, a lot of, most of our small groups are doing Zoom, right? Is that what it's called, Zoom? Yeah, that's it. Huh. And that's different from the Microsoft iPod killer, right? <laughs> Yeah. What is, what is that like? Uh, Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. That's right. Yeah. Zoom. Yeah. With an N. Um, and uh, and so Zoom meetings, people aren't sure if it's like a two-way thing, if it's an actual live stream in terms of you go to our live stream page of our website, whatever it was. So we knew, oh, people are doing live streams on YouTube, on Facebook, all yeah. kinds of things. So anyway, we thought... Um, it's probably going to be a little confusing for some people, so let's start a little late, okay? We we strategically decided to start around five or ten minutes late yeah. because we thought, you know, if people go to log on and they have trouble, we want to, okay. Yeah. So there's that. Anything that ever looks like a mistake, just know we do it on purpose. We do it on purpose. Yeah. We plan for it to look that bad. <laughs> yeah. So then we said, well, what else is a confusing component of the live stream experience? And... Uh, one confusing component, I find it confusing when you go to a live stream and there's just a picture and it says the live stream will begin or starting soon and you don't really know, am I in the right place? Mm -hmm. I had this brilliant idea. I said, well, it's easy. Let's start the live stream. So, okay, now I can see, even saying it out loud, I can see how it was a bad idea and it was confusing. <laughs> I, I said, let's, let's start 10 minutes late, but let's start broadcasting our, the video of ourselves 10 minutes early. So basically... you saying it like this, it does flush I do. it I out. I am starting to see how it's hard to follow. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a Windows well. solution. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the idea is if you get there early, you know you're in the right place. Yeah. Because look, it's the stage. And it's clearly the family meeting stage. Um, and uh, so then I thought, well we should do something interesting. We should do some kind of a countdown. Now, Matt, what were our ideas for countdowns? Yeah, uh, you had quite a few. One, one, I think your favorite was uh, making a bouquet of flowers. Flower arrangements. Yeah, flower arrangements uh, during the whole thing. And So the um, idea being, you yeah. know, you've got a pile of cut flowers. Yeah. You've got a vase. Yeah. I'm going to explain flower arranging. <laughs> and you're arranging them in a vase. Yeah. Now, we had the idea that all of us would be doing this yeah, or yeah. that one of us would be Which doing this. Which I, I would have gone the route of Sue on that one and been like, yeah, no, there's something wrong and I can't do it. Matt, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> born, living in the living in the year 1800. Um, so here's what I thought about that. I thought, you know, that could be interesting, right? Yeah. Like you're watching someone arrange flowers. You're going, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I think no. That, I think that's only interesting. Oh, no, 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 no. The baby's breath goes in last, not <laughs> yeah. first. Oh, classic mistake. Yeah. We could even commentate. Yeah. So, so there was, there was, Matt, you suggested building a house of cards. House of cards, yeah. Um, I wanted to, <laughs> I really did suggest we could all be 
making drawings of Steve Werner, yeah. our uh, <laughs> our technical operator. Hey, I I brought my kids little tykes basketball hoop just to be shooting baskets while we were doing Steve this. Steve has so. a very classical profile. Yeah. And when I see it, I think I could see that on the Sistine Chapel. Uh, <laughs> and and then we thought I've I've been into wood um wood carving lately, yeah. which is why I have cuts on my hands. Yeah. I thought I could be doing some wood carving. Yeah. Uh, we thought Dave could be reading out loud to us. Yeah. Um, from my favorite book, The Sneetches. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely enough, most of your ideas coincided with many of your hobbies. So yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> uh, gardening, we'd bring a raised <laughs> yeah, bed. Just, yeah. We'd be germinating seeds. Yeah. Um, so I guarantee you, though, a little side note: if we had suggested the reading the book thing, first thing that would have said, Dave would have said, "Well, we'd have to get the rights yeah. for the Sneetches." <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. <laughs> Uh, so, so we had all these ideas for things we could do for a countdown so yeah. that you get there 10 minutes early and, and then, but you're watching something interesting. And then I was like, uh, you know, we should probably put more effort into the actual family meeting and not on the countdown. So let's just do something simple. So I thought, let's get some pieces of paper and let's make a banner for Dave for his retirement. Mm-hmm. So we put the paper up on the back wall. We got a bunch of markers, which... Don't even get me started on the state of the markers around here. Oh, man. Yeah. We definitely have gone for quantity over quality. <laughs> so um, I, I, I think I think there must be something written in our bylaws that we're not allowed to throw away dried out markers out. Yeah. Like, you just got to yeah. hang on to I them. mean, you guys saw me. You all saw me throwing some of those markers. <laughs> Sue said, well, I just had shoulder surgery. I can't lift my arm. Yeah. Dave said, it would be poor taste for me to be making my own banner. <laughs> Dave's all about taste. All about so, taste. Yeah. So basically, here's what happened. Yeah. If you logged on to the live stream five minutes early, as you should have, you wondered why for the next 15 minutes, Matt and I were sort of frantically, badly coloring a poster. Yeah. And then clearly, like, talking through what we were going to say for the family meeting and kind of joking with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in retrospect, I can see how that may have given the impression that we weren't well prepared for the yeah. family meeting. So then Steve said, um, guys, I'm not going to have the sound on. Yeah. Because we don't need, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't have the sound on. So then you logged on early, you had the video, you yeah. knew you were in the right place, but then you were worried that your sound wasn't working. I, yeah. I, I guess the question I'd be most interested in is how many people logged off and instantly took their computer to Geek Squad <laughs> and have it there this week getting the sound <laughs> checked out. So we, we, I want you to know we've had... We've had a lot of feedback. We've had a lot. We've had a lot of people kind of let us know that that was uh, that was maybe not the best way to start a family meeting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, we've heard your feedback and we uh, we hear you. So um, on to the podcast. Is that going to make it? Do you think it's to make it in the podcast? I think it's. I think it's good to put in there. All right. Yeah. So. Pastor Matt and I, what we do on this podcast is we talk about the message from the week before and we elaborate on it a little bit or we share some interesting tidbits that maybe made the cutting room floor. Hmm. Um, And this week, uh, we continued our series in Acts and uh, talked about the saga of Stephen or Stephen's saga, Mm -hmm. I think is how it goes. And um, there were a couple of main sort of, it was a long passage. So the first thing that sort of the first point of the message, the first thing that I emphasized was this idea that um, 
of being misrepresented, that, that it's really clear that they are just blatantly lying about Stephen, what his motives are, what he's even saying. And they're, they're saying these lies to the group of people that they know they can get the most upset about it so that Stephen will be stopped, persecuted, killed, whatever. They just want it done. They're willing to say or do anything. Yeah. And so the whole idea is misrepresentation. You know, you, you, know you, you know they're wrong about you. You know the things that people think about you are not true and that there's like just no way and you can't believe they could even think them or say them. Um, I, you know, with all three of the things that were really emphasized in the passage this week and the message, um, they're all things that you could either kind of say, you know, well, you could ask the question, do I struggle with this thing or not? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so if you if you're listening and you struggle with that feeling, you relate to that, then this is something that God, I think, is is saying to you. I think he's talking to you about this. I, I think generally speaking, I know people who have a really, really hard time with being misunderstood and they have to set the record straight. Yeah. Like it has to get straight. I can't stand the thought that someone misheard me, misunderstood me, didn't think. And then I, I know people who are just like, no, you know, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, and you're either kind of in, a, in one camp or another. So I'm not saying if you're not in that camp, ignore part of the message. But honestly, I do think that this is what's, what you see in Stephen is a really good lesson for those of us who do have the insecurity beneath that thing. Matt, which camp would you put yourself in? Oh, definitely in the the first camp, uh, that caring about what people think of you and if when they get it wrong they have the wrong idea of you it i find it almost impossible to rest until i set that straight so that's kind of a surprise to be honest because i think i just i feel like with the like with your clothes and with like your the kind of the image that you're going for i thought that you were <laughs> like you know kind of what you're putting out there instead is more of a i don't care i don't care about what yeah. people think yeah you know i'm not trying well, to impress you let's let's put it this way <laughs> i i am growing as an individual yeah. in more ways than one yeah. so yeah um no yeah i i mean that that the, the the funny thing is is that that was quite a struggle for me especially um middle school high school obviously as as I think most kids do struggling with what you wear what you have on stuff like that and um Mm. yeah and and always very aware that our family didn't have as much money as other families had and and those Mm. sorts of things I think for me what runs a whole lot deeper now is the thought that someone could misunderstand like my intentions and and what I mean and 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 so like with with Stephen if I was in Stephen's place where you know he's lying he's He's desecrating our temple. He's, you know, blaspheming. Those are the things that, for me, would run, would hurt so deep that I would say, I don't want people to think that I'm that type of person. Mm. And rather, and given the choice, I know my natural inclination would be say, before we talk about this other stuff that is important, let's talk about me, mm-hmm. and uh, let's let's get the record straight on me. And mm. and like you said, and it's so it's so true you can you only get one and yeah i think the um it's one of the things that god sort of worked out of me when i became a lead pastor pretty quickly was yeah. i think you realize after a certain period of time and i'm sure you experienced this too when yeah. you were a lead pastor definitely um was um the the sense of i just can't really i can't really um 
I can't control. Yeah. I can't. I can't both do what I think is the right thing sometimes and control how people see me. Yeah. And um, there's something about being in that position. And I think you try. I think most. I would imagine most people try to control it. Try mm-hmm. to do both. And then there's a point. It's not of apathy. It's not. I don't care what people think of me at all. It's just. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. Like you can't do both things. You know. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for it in that way because I think that was a that was a hard lesson for me to learn. But yeah. there, there's a there's a quote that pertains to leadership, but I think. I think you could also apply it to just following Jesus and you basically go that following Jesus means you have to be willing to be misunderstood. Mm. And it'd be so easy for us to take that quote though, let me say this, and run with it in a kind of, well, then I can say and do whatever I want to do and it doesn't matter. That's why we're always called to grace so often because we are going to be misunderstood. And so we say, well, if I'm going to be misunderstood, I'm just going to say this however I want Mm -hmm. to. And so we're constantly called to be gracious in what we do and how we act and how we relate to people. But if we're going to follow Christ and do what Christ has called us to do in this world, we are going to be, and our intentions are going to be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a large part to where we're willing to die to ourselves enough that that doesn't dictate how we react when we're in situations like Mm -hmm. Stephen was. Um, And don't take that to mean, listeners, that... Um, you know, we should relish being misunderstood. No. In fact, I think that's how you know what camp you're in. Yeah. I think if you if you like being misunderstood, if you think I'm proud that I'm misunderstood or I consider it a badge of, of maturity of honor. and honor and yeah. courage that mm-hmm. I'm misunderstood, that probably means that you're enjoying it too much because ultimately misunderstanding is not a good thing. It's yeah. objectively not yeah. good to misunderstand each other. Yeah. And it's not like it's a good thing when it happens in the Bible. It's just the fact that there are those of us who we have a really hard time with it. I think mm-hmm. if you're a person who it rolls right off your back, then, you know, you can move past this one. And you can say, this isn't, this isn't you know, Stephen's story teaching me. I should care even less about it. Yeah. But um, the other thing that we that kind of talked about is, is that, that idea of, so if you're going to defend someone, you basically only get, usually only have enough time for one defense. Um, I would like to get very practical with this one because I think it's easy to talk about it in the abstract and it sounds like you're just talking all about evangelism. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt, what do you think are some practical examples from your own life or from the lives of people that you've talked with who you think you see this, this fact that you can only really, you can only really defend one or the other? Yeah. This is a hard one. But it is. Oh, man, there's so many practical things of, like, church decisions I've had to make where it's like you can either do this thing or do that thing. And yeah. you want to do the one, but you know what the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, when, yeah, uh, but you can't talk about it. Um, so maybe maybe a better way to put this is this. Um, here, let me go back and do this again. Um, so the second thing I sort of talked about was that people will only listen to you so much. That's right. Yeah. People will only listen to you so much. Boy, oh boy, yeah. do we know that. Um, that's, <laughs> we, why we we find ourselves, <laughs> that's why we find ourselves in a children's classroom talking into microphones <laughs> with headphones on. Rather than think of it just as defending, I think it's probably better to say you only people will only listen to you so much. Yeah. And so um, the question is, are there times that you – how have you seen this play out, Matt, where you um, – um, in the church, in the lives of other people, in your own life, where you say, I, you could only really focus on one thing, because I think that's really 
what you're seeing here with Stephen. He doesn't address any of the false accusations against him directly. He chooses to just preach the gospel. He's like, I'm just going to do this thing. I'm not going to focus on that thing. And most of us don't go that route. Um, I think for my, like, I think a lot of the examples that I think of have to do with, um, honestly, just like a lot of the ones I think about have to do with conflict, mm-hmm. where when you're dealing with conflict, you usually have to just figure out how to solve the problem that's causing the conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in marriage, mm-hmm. um, like if an argument stretches out, um, you start to like accumulate all these wrong things you've said and done. Yep. Like, well, wait a second, but you did say that, but didn't I say that? But, but what you actually said, and you can just get like distracted and sidetracked on all these things yep. and especially like proving someone right or wrong. Yep. And you so quickly get off base from of the, the thing. original. Yeah, the thing original yet. thing that you're actually trying yeah. to work through. Yeah, I was thinking about how like so often in our fights, um, I like how you say that, so which, often in our fights. <laughs> which we've only had three to go off of, so it's not that yeah. um is you, you you can either decide to make it about and, and focus on like so this is what you're saying about me or you can focus on the original problem and you only get one of those things because if, if you get to the end and usually it goes so wait a second this is what you're saying about me you get to the end of the fight and you're like but we never actually like resolved anything about what we actually got mm-hmm. into an argument about before you know and and so you're kind of in a way back to square one you haven't made any progress. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that a lot of the time, probably most of the time that we are using up, unwisely using up our time, it's to, um, it is to defend ourselves. It's when we get sidetracked by what's really happening, it's more important to go, well, we need to be clear on me and what's going on. Yeah. What you're not understanding about me. I I, I think this is the way in all of our lives. I I think we, we, in ministry though, you're you're constantly there's so many things you can do and that you can that you can say we need to work on this or or do this over here but you know it'll take away from you you can do that stuff and and get it done but if you do the most important stuff is going to be left you know still out there And, and so you you have to be willing to in your life this is like so general so i don't even know if this is helpful but you have to be willing to in your life almost say there are going to be some things that aren't the way I would like them to be, but that's okay because I'm still focusing on the most important stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what I'm trying to do with Matt. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm slowly letting letting him do things on his own. Yeah. He gets Um, to make copies on his own now. Yeah. So yesterday, Ian decided that she wanted to learn to ride her bike without training wheels. Just decided and said, I want to do it. So after dinner, we took her training wheels off the bike and went over to this uh, track, uh, near where we live and uh for about the first five minutes like she never tried this before and for the first five minutes i'm holding her helping her you know and i and i had two goals i want her to learn how to ride her bike and i don't want her to fall and she falls there's no coming back yeah yeah and and, but those two things you can only do one of those two things she she can only learn to ride it on her own if i'm willing to let her go and risk the chance of her falling or if she doesn't fall she's never going to learn how to ride her ride her bike on her own and about five minutes of like walking around the track helping her like kind of learn how to balance and everything she goes dad are you gonna let me go so i can actually do this and i said okay and she took off she never fell once and learned how to ride her bike in about 10 15 minutes and so but you you we want we like to think we can do these 
both of these things, two things at, at the same time, and we have to decide which one's more important. And, you know, so for that instance, it was more important for her to learn how to ride her bike, and falling can be part of it. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that is very, yeah, that's a good example, Matt. What a great illustration. That was, yeah. Where was that when Time. I was getting ready for my sermon? <laughs> that, that was about three days off. <laughs> I'll tell her to be more timely for you next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing, really the, the remainder of the message was focused on the sermon that Stephen gave. And the sermon kind of had two points. One was that God isn't really present in any one place. And so um, they, had, they had elevated the temple in their mind to like the place where God is and it made, it made, and, and he was, uh, Stephen is emphasizing like, no, God, God um, can exist, you know, out elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I think that one hit pretty close to home for obvious reasons. You know, we're, we're in quarantine. We can't be in the building and it's, we're having a hard time with it. We have to be reminded, you know, that, that it's, it's okay that we can still meet with God and worship God even without yeah. being in the building. Um, and the, the, but the last thing was really the overarching theme of what he was saying, which was that they needed to be teachable mm-hmm. and not make the mistakes their fathers had made. Matt, you had a thought about that. that uh, yeah, so this is why we talk about having a relationship with God over knowing about God uh, or, or the more information we have about God because it is it is in that relationship that our entire life is, is based and the thing with being teachable is we, we all like to think we're teachable but having more knowledge about anything doesn't make us more teachable it actually further cements us in the place that we are and so we know of we know that God does new things God is alive he, he isn't the static being that we can learn and once we know about him he'll never move he'll never um, do anything that surprises us Uh, we see this time and time again in scripture where where God says I'm doing something new there's something different going on here I'm working in a way I haven't worked before it's not like it was last time and and no amount of knowledge is going to help us to be um, moved by that that it's actually the relationship and that's why the Holy Spirit is so important uh, in our life to have that know what God's voice sounds like to to be able to recognize and discern when God is moving and when he's doing something that we didn't expect and, and what's even more important is that we may not even like and yet to say okay but God I know your fingerprints and I and I know you and so I'm willing to walk with you into this new place that quite frankly for me is kind of scary because everything I've ever known kind of seems to be going away and everything that I've 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 seen as reassuring of your presence in my life and in this world is kind of being stripped away but I'm still going to hang on to the thing that's most important and that's you yeah well that makes sense I mean parenting marriage these relationships are characterized by um, the more I know about you, the more I am sort of enriched by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get married to a person under the pretense that um, the more of this person, the better. Yeah. And marriage begins to die or wither when you go, eh, nope, I've... Well, I figured well, it all yeah, out. It's I not the only is. reason marriage dies. Uh, there's <laughs> lots of other reasons. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the feeling of... Like there's nothing else here. There's nothing mm-hmm. else to you. Yeah. You know. Um, then in the same way, 
teachability is saying like there is more of the same thing you know mm-hmm. in the same way with parenting it's like you know you go no no you, you don't do the same thing with your kids because your kids are growing up and they're changing and they're developing and stuff usually but there's definitely a sense of like oh man this is the same person but there's more here yeah. to know i think in the same way a relationship with god i just see it so much with people the idea that like you know, he's the same, it's the same, the Bible's the same, church is the same, my small group's the same, these podcasts are the same, <laughs> and they're not getting better, they're getting worse. Yeah. And so how am I supposed to be? But that's what so much of being teachable is. That's why we talk about remaining, mm-hmm. the idea of remaining even through those things. Being teachable is saying there is something for me still in this, even when it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not information. Yeah. Yeah. I I think even just, I mean, and the more we're connected to God, the more we have the Holy Spirit in our life, it will keep us grounded in humility to be able to say, I don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And because that is the one thing we have going against us, that the older we get, the more we see, the more we've walked through with God, the easier I think it becomes to say, I've got this pretty well figured out and to start relying on ourselves and our own understanding. But if we stay in that relationship with God and, and through the Holy Spirit, keeping it fresh, that keeps us in a place of knowing God can do some amazing things I've never seen. And I still need him as much today as I did back when I was be, began walking with him. And these men were being told by Stephen specifically, mm-hmm. and Jesus said the same thing. He said, you guys keep saying, if we had been where our fathers were, mm-hmm. we would have done it differently. Yeah. And he's like, you're not doing it differently. <laughs> yeah. And Stephen's like, if you had been, you're not doing it differently. Yeah. Um, and um, I think that tendency to say, oh, I'll never ma- I won't make the mistakes yeah. of the generation before me, yeah. but then not being teachable. I was going to, so I was going to end my sermon with a, um, with an illustration and I didn't end up leaving it in I should say and it was something that you were you were there for too Did I tell you about this mm. about Don Hohensey no no oh. I was gonna um I was gonna talk about um like your holiness class mm-hmm. and um the like when he made those guys be quiet oh yeah, yeah. when he went I, off on those guys mm. you remember that when he went off he flew off the handle on those guys I've never heard such language, yeah. I can't believe it, man. Yeah. The volume that that guy can come up with. Now. Yeah. Um, so it was it was <laughs> the most subtle, yeah, yeah. If you know Don, um, so this is a yeah. class taught in Pessum. By the way, this is our closing story. So if you want to get out, you can. But you're gonna miss <laughs> a great Don Don Hohensey story. Yeah. Uh, so this is a class in Pacific Evangelical School of Ministry on holiness and sanctification. Yeah. It is being taught by who, Matt? Uh, Don Hohensey. And me sometimes. And yeah. you. You yeah. both teach the class sometimes, together. Yeah. You both teach the class together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, sometimes you're teaching. Other times <laughs> you're just riffing. Um, <laughs> so Matt and Don teach the class. Now, there is a somewhat, I don't even want to say controversial. I want to say people get fixated on this. I, I think there's a difference between something being controversial and people getting sort of fixated on it. And it is the concept of... Uh, total sanctification, mm-hmm. right? The the Wesleyan holiness teaching yeah. that uh, you subscribe to, Matt, which is that you are perfect, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I've been telling my wife that for years, and I think I've almost got her there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, hang on a second. I'm not going to talk about total sanctification because it's yeah. like a distraction. So, yeah. um, so we're in this class, and um, we um, 
are, Don Hohensee, how would you describe the way that Don Hohensee runs his classroom? Uh, how, how does he deal, how does he keep a, keep a lid on this thing, keep the reins, I, keep it going in the right direction? Don is, Don's a very soft-spoken guy, but also Don is, he, he, order. I mean, there, there, is, there is a degree of order that, like, when you get to that point, and so... Um, he's willing to give a little bit, but there are times, like in a in a setting like this one, we have adults. You kind of let people talk and that sort of thing. But I think what you're going at is there was a time that you and know it kind of went on a little bit longer, and yeah. yeah so Don, that he, he's a so Don has t- give me his um, his a very brief rundown of his the things Don has done in his life. Uh, Don has been a missionary uh, for his life to. Uh, the Burundi tribe in Africa. I love it. Africa. I love a Burundi. Yeah, I know. It's an awesome thing. Like, it I sounds remember, made up. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I love saying that word. I will yeah. never forget the tribe. That so, so Don has given his whole life to um, be in Africa and, and with this tribe and, and these people and um, just a really humble guy that is, I, I, I've loved working with him and getting mm-hmm. to be around him. So. so he was a missionary, and then after mm-hmm. that, what did he do? He came back. Did he retire as a missionary and did. then started at Pesham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, well, and, and then yeah, and so Don was uh, Don's been the dean of was the dean of Pesham for for its entirety up to you know I think four years ago, and mm-hmm. so gave his life to to that as well, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he is uh, he's like an academic. He's a he's a professor, and he teaches these classes. Knows a lot of stuff. He's been a missionary, and so you know, um, I think actually uh, I'm forgetting. Uh, Taught at Western Seminary as well. So, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay, so Don is a yeah. He's a he's a fairly soft spoken. He's the kind of guy um, that you you think. I mean, literally, I, I, he's the kind of guy that you just think this guy's a saint. He's a saint. Like, yeah. When was the la- I lit- I honestly want to know when the last time was that he was like, he really blew it. You know, um, because it's just hard to imagine. It's hard to. It's kind of like Pastor Dave. You know, like like uh, because I blow it all the time. And when I blow it, it's big time. But like, what? I y'all have to cut it out. But I just want to be like, when was the last time he said, "Gosh, dang it"? <laughs> yeah. When was the last time "Gosh" slipped out? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, he um, and so what you think about is you think, one, I'd love to. I I I, I hope that one day when I'm like his age, that I am like that. That, yeah. I'm a, that I'm a guy who has, you know, become, because he's teaching a class on holiness, on yeah. sanctification, and talking about how the idea is, and this is a, a thing that we hold in our tradition very much, very strongly, which is that as you spend more time being a Christian, you should be getting holier. More Christ-like. More Christ-like. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're perfect, and that doesn't mean that you are... Get like, it right all the time, but yeah. That you'll ever be justified by your works, yeah. but... You should be continually, as our superintendent says often, Randy, um, you should be continually giving over more of your heart yep. to Christ yep. um, that kind of doesn't go back to sin. Yep. So that's what this class is about. And we're talking about this this concept and everything. And we get started talking about something. And these guys next to me are, like, getting a little too comfortable with the laid-back dynamic of the class yeah. and just full-on having, like, a little debate conversation. They're having a conversation while he's try- in the middle of trying to teach. And yeah. he's teaching. Yeah. And they're talking pretty loud, pretty yeah. full volume. And, and he just very kind of nicely at one point goes, hey, hey guys, guys, uh, can, you, can we save that? Can, we, can you guys just quiet down a little bit? It's mm-hmm. after class. Yeah. I think that's it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And they were like, 
Yeah. Okay. It was maybe a tad more forceful than that, yeah. but I mean, it it's still like when when you heard it, you were you weren't like, oh my goodness, like it was like I'm wondering because what I was thinking before he said it was, is somebody gonna say something like, are these guys gonna like this is you know, yeah. Um, and then he said something, and then I thought, oh, oh okay. Um, so the next morning, we start class, and class typically starts with prayer and um, sort of announcements or whatever, mm-hmm. and I think it was before the prayer. Yeah. And what did he do, Matt? Yeah, it, it's. I mean, he, he got out he, a basin of water. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he he came in uh, covered in ashes <laughs> with a sackcloth on. Um, he, uh, yeah. So he starts off and he says, "You know, I I need to start and I need to apologize." And I was uh, yesterday in my correction of some students. I was. A, I I think he might have said he was abrasive. I mean. He, he he and he, he apologized directly to them and said I, I you know I have to ask for your forgiveness for the way that I responded to you and, and enacted towards you and um and I think he he was crying yeah he was uh, crying yeah and you could tell that it had been weighing on him yeah he was like I this has been bothering me ever since and I need to just get this out of the way and he couldn't even start teaching the class before he said it yeah um so that to me yeah. is being teachable yeah no one would ever call him on it. Nobody would ever say it was this like clearly, you know, inappropriate yeah. thing for a professor to do. Yeah. But he knew he is so in tune with the Holy Spirit. He's so in tune and, and so wants to be Christ-like yeah. that he is convicted and he repents. And he doesn't do it in like a self-righteous, cold or detached way. He does it in a something in a way that brings tears to his eyes, yeah. you know. And at that moment, you go, yeah, this is the guy that should be teaching the holiness class. It's authentic. It's real. Yeah. Well, I think even to the fact how easy it would have been for him to send them an email or even pull them aside individually. But knowing I had done this in front of this group of people, and so my my apology needs to include this group of people as well in it. And you see the authenticity of, of that as well is just pretty profound. And I think the question that I want to leave everybody with here is this. Um, if what Stephen has says is true to these Pharisees, which is you are making the same mistakes as your fathers and you shouldn't, and they were so confident that they weren't, in what way are we doing that? Hmm. In what way is our church doing that? Is what way is the church doing that? In what way might you be doing that? Um, and I think that's worth thinking about. So on that note, um, until next week, uh, same time, same place. Thanks for bearing with us and sticking with us in the longest podcast we've ever recorded. Uh, I'm Pastor Ed. I'm Matt. And uh, Shalom. Shalom.